Welcome to a damn great episode of ARG Presents. Get it? I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who took the fruit of knowledge and threw it in the garbage, the Brent. I, do, I don't throw food away. Oh, that's a good point. Well, there's got to be some explanation for your, <laughs> for your idiocy. So, if you joined us last week... I would say genetics. Yeah, whatever. I spun the wheel legitimately, and I made a legitimate deal. Except don't them. believe the haters. There was no collusion. There was no screw-up. That was a legitimate spin. And this week, legitimately, we'll be looking at the Coleco Atom computer system. Brent, yes. what do you know about the Coleco Atom? Oh, nothing. You know, I've got one of these, but it was so vast in its size that I couldn't fit it on this table. But we're just going to talk about it today because the Coleco Atom is a fascinating study and what happens to a company when they overextend. Yes. And that's what happened. So, the Coleco Atom launched in 1983. All right, now, you, of course, okay. have heard of the Coleco. Oh, I, The ColecoVision yes. Excellent game system. console. Tremendous system. Yes. Had the tremendous pack-in of Donkey Kong. Yes. And it was Atari's top rival back in the day. Horrible gamepads. Well, it, 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 listen, they, they saw what Intellivision had. They saw what Atari had. It's like, let's smoosh them. And yeah. they did. And that was a bad idea. They're, not, they're okay. They're not, they're, not the, they're not the best. They're renowned as being horrible. So, <laughs> so uh, the Coleco Adam was... Uh, Coleco's effort to uh, to walk into the realm of the computer, yes. as Atari had yeah. done. And now as, that much I knew. And as as uh, Intellivision had attempted to do with, with uh, yeah, they, they, and this has a lot to do. Uh, this has some things in common with Intellivision's efforts in the computer world, uh, because this was the craze at the time. We're going to turn these consoles into computers. The Atom had really two lives. We're going to basically focus on the actual computer itself. But this was also issued in, uh, as an expansion pack three, I believe it was, yes. the Coleco, that you that. literally plug your Coleco yes. into the Atom computer to make a one big thing. Uh, the Coleco was compatible with the uh, or the, with the Atom, the Coleco Vision, and so you've got your uh, it, the pads are pretty much identical, and they had a lot in common. But the Atom uh, added some extra um to the to the uh, project. Uh, it ran on a uh, Z80A. 3.58 megahertz CPU, Brent, which not yeah, yeah okay. man, back in the day. Now, when this bad boy debuted, it was running. It would run you 725 US bucks today. In today's money, well, you got to think this is the age of computers, and computers weren't cheap, brother. That's true, but and that's a lot in today's money. You're talking 1,823 buckery yeah. dues. So that's a, it's a for few, what you got. That's a lot. It's a few dollars. It's, it's a few dollars. So. I've got here a list. Just to, this should. I'm going to start off with this, just so you can understand the Atom and, and its effect. Okay. Uh, this is a list of Atom exclusive ROMs that ROM cartridges release. Now these are ROM cartridges, just like a Coleco cartridge, but these would only work on the Atom computer. Right. I'm looking over the list here. 19, 11, 12, 13. About 20 were released. Yes. Okay. So, and some of them were garbage. Some were well. I mean, that's all in, in your in your perspective, right? So my perspective says it's garbage. Coleco announced the atom at the uh, CES Summer CES in June of '83, and it was predicted that they would sell 500,000 units by Christmas. Pretty, that's pretty bold. It's pretty bold, right? Um, so this actually, when it released, it wasn't too long before you were. It was down to six hundred dollars, mm. and and so they were and they were out of the gate. Well. Here's what happened. Uh, Coleco couldn't ship that many units. They sold well at Christmas of 83, uh, but 
they basically sold far, far less than five hundred, more like a hundred thousand units. Something That's, like something that ballpark. Yeah, one fifth. Your prediction is not good. Yeah. So <laughs> th there was a reason for this, and this would be this would be the Achilles' heel of the Atom. And let's let's first let's talk about what the Atom was. So the Atom came in basically two two parts. You had the Atom. Uh, CPU unit, sure, and then you had which had a, 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 a super fast cassette deck in it. They had their own like super speedy fast tape deck technology. It also had space for another one. You could also even put floppy drives in these things, which they you know, okay. were available. Yeah. The other component, five and, five and a quarter floppy. That's right. Yeah. The other component of this was a was a was a printer. Right. Uh, it was a old school printer. That hooked into the side that hooked you know quartered into the into the CPU. Okay. And the the Atom is a unique computer. When you turn it on, it doesn't really boot up. It comes up to basically a, a, like a, a screen with a cursor, a prompt. Yeah. Right. And then basically you when you type on the keyboard that comes with it, it just prints out what you type on the printer. Sort of like a typewriter. Typewriter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, when I got my Atom. Uh, it had been stored in a garage probably for, well, 83 to 2015 or so. So that's a pretty long, what, 30 years? Yeah. We pulled that sucker out and hooked it up, and the printer still printed. Wow. The impact printer, and it still printed right away. It worked. I mean, Even we, on the ribbon, huh? We printed, yeah, we printed perfectly. I mean, it was, that was a little, the print was a little dull, but it worked. That's pretty amazing. So <laughs> that's what you get with your, for your money. Now, if you want to do DOS, uh, you know, like a uh, like a basic or whatever that requires right. a cartridge, this stuff requires yes. cartridges. Yeah. Now, all this sounds well and good because if you think about it, a printer, a computer that also doubles as a ColecoVision that hooks to your TV for that amount of money, that's not bad. That your the, the printer did come with the system. It, it, it had to. I'll yeah. explain. So you're thinking to yourself, that sounds like an okay deal in a, in a time where computers would cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Okay. That's where the fun ends, unfortunately, oh. for the Atom. Because they had a lot of fallout. And by fallout, I mean a lot of these things were defective. Oh. Uh, an alarming amount of... Uh, um, so, as I mentioned, they shipped around 95,000 units in December, right? Uh, the rumor was uh, basically every five or six units out of ten were bad. Think about oh that. Oh, my goodness. Their fallout rate was over un half. Unbelievable. Wow. Now, Coleco confirmed that less than 10% had defects, uh, well below industry standards. Uh-uh. No. These were falling out left and right. They had all kinds of trouble. Uh, there's The way the Coleco Vision Atom was put together may lend you to understand why they failed so often. Just okay. to give you a couple highlights. To use the Coleco Atom computer, you had to have the printer hooked up. The reason is the power flowed through the printer to the computer. You plugged in the printer to the wall, and then power went from the printer into the Coleco. Was it Atom. to make the the Atom itself's footprint smaller? Well, it didn't. The Atom is huge, so that's not what it was. No, that's just the way they did it. So basically, that's really dumb. So here are your problems. One. Let's say you don't want to print today. You just want to play the atom. Well, tough. Printer on table. Massive printer. Number two, if the printer broke, no atom. You're screwed. Yeah. Right? There are, in fact, this is one of the main reasons I don't use the atom that much. Because I had to mod it to not you have the printer hooked up. 
And so whenever you want to play with it, you have to drag the printer out. You have to right. drag the, the uh, CPU out. You have to hook it all up. Number two, and this is much more devastating one, and believe it or not, the uh, Super Duper Turbo Fast tape, uh, tape deck that was in it. Sure. Uh, of course, they sold many a commercial tape for this, including, yeah. including my game, among others. And um, when you loaded this up, you would play it. You would turn off your uh, Atom. You're done with it for the day or whatever. When you come back and flip that thing on, it would send out a pulse that would erase any tape that was in the deck. <laughs> so and what was printed on most tapes is like, insert tape in deck, turn on Atom. No, don't do that. If you have a click on it, don't do that because you will zap that tape. It happens over and over and over. Wow. Yeah. This was a, a massive screw up that, that uh, was really... So eventually they started releasing... They put labels on the tape decks that said, do not have a tape in this when you turn it on. You know? That's horrible. Yeah, it is. That is absolutely horrible. So we move on to March of 1984... And I love I love this quote. Uh, John J. Anderson quoted: "A trail of broken promises, unfulfilled expectations, and extremely skittish stockholders." That was that he summed up Coleco in those words. Wow. <laughs> uh, so the Coleco limped along. Coleco had them limped along. Now let me tell you how cheap these got. Coleco was desperate to unload these things at the end because they were uh, imminent failure. They were killing, it was killing them. Just right. supporting them was killing them. And so in '85, uh, they they announced they were discontinuing. It was January of '85. So keep in mind this launched December of '83. Okay, so you basically had '84. That was the yeah. years of the Atom. That was the A year. Uh, so Coleco revealed it lost 35 million dollars in, in late '83, the time the Atom's lost 13 million in the first nine months of '84. And so that they were unloading the hell out of these things at an alarming rate. Uh, it is estimated that Coleco sold about 350 Atom computers uh, between 83 to December of 83 and into 84. So, that's, I mean, that's a decent amount. I mean, it's really, it's, these things are out there if you, if you want to look for them. But they had so many failures. And there are tons of, I've read tons of stories where people would buy these from the store four or five times and take them back. They'd keep having screw, they'd keep getting broken. Wow. You know? So, and uh, the tech support on that thing must have been an absolute disaster, man. Um, so, this game shipped with a, like I said, a letter quality printer. It had 80K of ma of memory RAM and, wow. it, and included, and this is a game we've played uh, before, Buck Rogers, Planet of the Zoo. Absolutely. I almost picked that game. Now, you, you like Buck Rogers. Very game, much, man. yes. Um, yeah. Now, to put it in perspective of the time, uh, the PC Junior, which was also a horrible machine, yes. it was selling for about 700 bucks, but had no peripherals at all. <laughs> Nothing. Now, of course, you had the C64 that was up 200 bucks. That was clearly the way to go. But they sold a bunch of animals because uh, Coleco had a lot of good... Uh, people really loved the ColecoVision. And yes. so you, one would expect that the animal would have been a pretty, pretty, neat, pretty neat computer, but it just, it just didn't happen. The funny thing about Coleco, I want to get into this a little bit since it was concerning my games. Um, this is sort of a sidestep. When Dragon's Lair and Space Ace and these Legendous games came out, they, right. I, I was a big fan of these things. I mean, I loved them. And so, um, 
I told myself that if this, if you could ever make a home version of one of these, I was going to buy the, buy the hell out of whatever came out first. As a kid, I told myself that. Okay. And the Atom actually was the was the uh, machine that I thought was going to pull it off. Because Coleco had announced early on that they were working on some sort of laser uh, peripheral that would play these old, these home games. Oh, gosh. That right. would have been... And... But what they were going to use were, were, I think they were called like memory wafers, basically. They were going to use these, a different sort of technology to, to port these games to the house. And I mean, I heard this for years, and I read about it in magazines. I mean, no one ever talks about this anymore, but there was a, early on, Legends Gates were utterly impossible to bring home. Right. You, you know, you right. Could, there was no technology. That the was expense there. was ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, the, the thing they were talking about was, was going to be called, it was, this was sort of their, their, this was before the ad. This was going to be their third expansion pack. It's called the Super Game Module, right? Now, it's funny because someone has recently released their version of this as a peripheral for the Coleco. I mean, recently, that plays games, though. It's, they're more complicated than the Coleco. It's an expansion okay. that you can buy. But this was the old one. So, instead of cartridges, this thing was going to use uh, discount-like Super Game Wafers. What they alleged. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Um... This thing had a lot of buzz, and then they basically didn't say anything about it, uh, and eventually it just went away. And that's pretty much what I remember. It's just like it, just, it was just gone. No more, no more Super Game Wafers. No more. And so Expansion Three ended up being the Atom Expansion, which is the only expansion I don't have for the Clego. I've got the other two, but of course I've got an Atom, so I never bothered to get it. So, long story short, this pretty much effectively killed Coleco. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <clears throat> At the end of their run for these things, they were selling these things so cheaply that was unbelievable. And they were even doing stuff like bundling them with Cabbage Patch dolls, which Cabbage Patch was a, was a, a, a big Coleco property. Was it like a, a mm -hmm. toy for your boy, toy for your girl type promotion? There was like, please buy these, Adam. Oh, okay. It was just desperation. Got it. I mean, I remember this thing. It was a it was a tumultuous tumble in obscurity. It just went away. And Coleco wasn't around much longer. Yeah. They, you know, they they were they were gone pretty soon after the Atom. So the Atom effectively killed Coleco, and they were on fire. They were on fire uh, before this. Now, one thing I want to mention that I thought was neat. Um, there's a group of Atom enthusiasts. It's true, <laughs> and they have had a gathering every year. And I looked, and they've never missed a year since 1989. Wow. They have a thing called AdamCon, and it's all over the place. It's been in Columbus, in Napa, it's been all over the place. So you're a, a Coleco Adam enthusiast. And by the way, as I as I, as I go through the rise and fall of the Adam, I, I, I like the Adam. I think there was a lot of potential there. It's got a pretty renowned basic. It's got a, it's, uh, they've released a lot of uh, interesting peripherals, sort of like the Amiga, where you've got like, you can play stuff off of uh, SDE. They've got hard drive peripherals for it. There's a, there's a, there's a homebrew scene. Like I said, they're still releasing stuff for the Coleco, so I'm not here to, to kill the Atom. I think it's great. Well, the, guys get the Atom killed themselves. Right, but I'm saying there's still something there. I think the Atom was, uh, I mean, obviously for the year and, and a couple months it was around, it was underutilized. But there are people that have taken uh, a liking to it and, and use it uh, to this day for, for fun. You know, So if you're into a, an active homebrew scene with a lot of weird hardware peripherals and stuff, and you want to really go off the beaten track? The the Coleco Adam is a good and wise choice. Yeah, you know. So, so as I mentioned, the Adam didn't have a ton of uh, 
a, a special games release for it. And only it played. Most of that games released for it would also play in the Coleco. Yeah. And if you look at some of the cards, and I've got a few like this, they will say, some of them say, like, for use with Coleco Adam and Coleco Vision. Yes. So, but the, but there were there were some, like I said, around 20 that were just exclusively for the Adam. So we decided to take a look at a couple ex- exclusive Adam games. No. Uh, well, ish. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and Brent will explain more on his on his later. So, I went ahead and and picked, you know, I looked over a bunch of this list, you know, and there was some stuff also released on tape I could have chosen. Yes. But this game, as I mentioned, the, the Coleco had toyed with the prospect of having this laser wafer unit to play laser games. And I always, I mean, as a kid, I was really obsessed with this. And so, it, I, just a few years ago, I found that they'd released uh, this game for the Atom, and I thought to myself, that's remarkable. I, I I didn't never I never heard of this. And right. so now when I had the chance, I had to at least give it a shot because I had not played it before. And so the first game I'm gonna look at this week is gonna be is gonna be Dragon's Lair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Coming right off the laser disc episode. That's right. Well I had to because I just think it flows right into it. So let's talk Dragon's Lair. Again, this was released on the Atom. Now, this was released on every machine on Earth. Okay, let's get that straight. Um the, uh, but this particular version is is, is unusual, an unusual uh, version of the game. Uh, this came out. I couldn't believe this either. This, December of ninety. Of, excuse me. December of ninety four. Yeah, <laughs> December of nineteen eighty four. So this was re- released right before they killed this machine dead as Julius yeah. Caesar, which is kind of sad, really. So <clears throat> what do you got here? Well, this is not a dragon's layer that you would normally have seen. There's no uh, lasers. There's no animation, but what you do have is a, is a is a pretty well illustrated, well well decently graphic game that tries to recreate the Dragon's Lair experience in a in a non tradition in a non uh, laser disc way. Now there have been a few attempts at this. I believe that uh, I guess it's the Super Nintendo that has the real. Super duper hard no, version. The Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo NES. And it was not. It, it, it was not based off of. I mean, the the main character Dirk and, and the uh, and Singe and everything, but the game itself had nothing like the arcade. Right now, this, this does. Now, if you grew up like we did, eventually the PC uh, got Dragon's Lair, and there were versions that came out hither and yard. But this this Adam version is the first. This is the first home computer version, uh, a port of Dragon's Lair, uh, ever ever released. Hmm. What do you think about that? It's kind of kind of neat. Um, so, <clears throat> again, you do not get the luxury of, of the Laserdisc cartoons, but they do a decent job of giving you some of the levels. Uh, so, you've got the first. Uh, there's, I'm just go through these because there's not a ton of them. Uh, you'll recall that the uh, and this saying the plot's the same. You're rescuing Daphne from Singe, the yeah. dragon. All right. The first level of this is the falling disc level. Now, in the arcade, you'll recall, Dirk sort of walked onto this disc, and he goes, and he plummets towards the ground. He goes, ah, let's go. And he has to jump off. <clears throat> in this one, and this sets the tone, little clouds come out and try to blow you off the sides of, of the disc. And you sort of got to move your joystick in the opposite direction to keep Dirk on. Yes. And eventually, the disc will come to a, a, a landing, then a second landing, and you have to jump off. The, you have to move your, just run your guy over and hit the jump button and jump off and yeah. get the, get the landing. So it's a, it's pretty similar it's to the sim- arcade. It's definitely similar enough that you know exactly what they're trying to 
portray with the scene. You know from the arcade that this was, you know, the same scene. And one nice touch in this is that after Dirk uh, jumps onto the landing, he it shows the disc going off down, yes. down in the tube, which is cool. Very nice touch. You know, that's something that was, you didn't see a lot of that sort of thing back in the day that made it a little more cinematic. So yes. they tried to, tried to capture that. I think at that level, they did a pretty good job. And that level was okay. It's, I mean, there's, the funny thing about this is there's way more gameplay in this and traditional yes. gameplay than there is in the arcade yes. version. Which um, had none. Oh. That's true. Uh, the next level, uh, the Skull Hallway. Now, this is a favorite of mine in the arcade machine. On the arcade version, you're walking down a hall, and a, a, a big skeletal hand comes out and tries yeah. to grab you, and Dirk smashes with his sword. He jumps forward. Some little barking skulls come out of his feet. He jumps forward again. Some ooze comes out. There's another hand, and he runs in this room and kills some, kills some specters. Like, specters, and that's it. This version's kind of elaborate, actually, isn't it, Brent? Yeah, it is. It's a um, really good scene. So, in this, the hand comes I out. I couldn't get past it. The skeletons <laughs> come out. You also are. You also have slime that comes out, and bats come out of one yep. of them as well. So you're, and there's a combination of sword and and moving in yes. this. And again, this one is more like the arcade because you're sort of moving as you go through this 3D hallway. You're sort of moving backwards into the plane. Yeah. And so it's that they actually kind of capture some of the arcade feel there. I thought they pretty did a pretty yeah, decent job. I think this this is. I mean, it's a hard room. Uh, something to mention is, uh, you have five lives, and if you fail a room twice, you it automatically advances you, which helps. Yeah, because because uh, uh, this room I couldn't get past this, without. This, this room is hard. <clears throat> this room has probably thirteen or fourteen inputs to get past it, and it is inputs like the arcade. Yeah. You just hit, you don't, just, you know. This room the, is like that. They're yes. not all like that. And it has signals. It has little asterisks, much like uh, eshes, uh, that flash on the screen to tell you what you kind of need to do. Uh, they're very, very uh, subtle, uh, subtle, but they are there, so it does give you some kind of they idea are, of what yeah, to do. Yeah, they're much more subtle than the arcade. Yes. But, I mean, it's neat that they put them in. Yes, you know, absolutely. So. so once you clear that, you go into the weapons room. Now, in the arcade... This is an interesting room where uh, Dirk walks in. Almost called him Ash, which and Ash is not even the guy's name. But uh, uh, Dirk walks in, and weapons come to life and come down and attack him from yes. above. And eventually, even an anvil comes out. He has to sidestep. And then he has to. He dips his sword in this goop and whacks the statue that comes to life. Right? Yes. This again is a more elaborate version of that room. You it get is. attacked by swords. The anvil. You also get attacked by shields. Yep. You know, there's a spears. lot of stuff. The spears. Spears are tough too. This room, I got killed a lot. Uh, too. Yeah. Th this was another one that once. I mean, if you memorize the sequence, you can do it pretty much every time. Again, this is like the arcade where it's more inputs, timed inputs, as opposed to actual gameplay. Uh, unlike the arcade, the the camera, and this is the same with all the rooms. The camera static. Yeah. And the and the action takes place in the scene, which it had unlike in the arcade where the camera switches view to the right. point of view of the weapon. And stuff. Yeah, it but doesn't this, do this anything. Works, like doesn't it? I mean, it no, works. This, yeah, and, and it looks good. Yeah, you know what the things are. You understand that things come to life, and you have to dodge the head falling off the statue. It all makes sense. Yeah, I, I like that. The anvil's still involved the whole yeah. nine yards. Again, a room where they've taken the initial concept and and. Fleshed it out. Yeah, again, the, and it has something like 14, 15 inputs to get past it. Okay. So now we're getting into the into the bizarre here. Now let's talk about the burning ropes. All right, because I sort of went over. But now this is a whole different... Um, this is a wacky... 
This is this is more unlike the arcade than any. I mean, it's like the arcade, but it's it's different. In the arcade, the this version is where you swing across the uh, you swing across these ropes that are on chasm, fire, right? yeah. and you and you there's like what five of them, yeah. you know, and you jump over. This is a much more elaborate room. Yes, you have to swing across and occasionally jump to a pla a pedestal in the middle. Yes, and ride and, and the there pedestal. Are, and up. every and there are three levels. So once you get past the first level, this I mean they're all on one screen. Fire that's on that's at the bottom of the screen rises up under you, right? Mm -hmm. So then you've got to go off the second screen and get fire rises up. So it's actually kind of neat the way they did it. You know, I thought the uh, um, the, the the way it's rendered was pretty good. I kind of dug it. But it's different the arcade because it's long, a lot longer. But I mean, I thought it was pretty fun. Did yeah, you? Uh, this or this is a scene I could get past. Um, so it wasn't that bad, right? And, but it, it it did let you do more with it than just bink 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 bink. So yeah, I yeah. thought it was interesting. I thought it was good. Now the ramp room, uh, Dirk, Dirk has to jump from ramp to ramp before they, the ramps go away. Yeah, that's I didn't like this room either, and this is pretty much the end of the line for me. I didn't get. Oh, that. I got pissed. This this wasn't that bad. And you got your giddy goons in there. Yeah, now the giddy goons in the arcade aren't involved in a ramp room. They're in a staircase, and they're just little hopping idiots with knives. You know, which I guess are still sort of that. But they, this room I thought was pretty tough. Um, let's talk about the tentacle room. All right. This now, is why this was the end. In the arcade, this is a pretty tough room in the arcade, actually. I, I, I always thought uh, uh, you have to, uh, basically, these tentacles are coming out, out of the ceiling, and uh, you have to move around, try not to get grabbed. You have to occasionally hit the kill. You have to chop them. Uh, Dirk and this one has to evade or kill the pe the things that come over the room. And the funny thing about the tentacles in the, in the Coleco Animaverse is they'll... If they come all the way up, you got to kill them. Sometimes they'll just pop up, yeah, and you have to you avoid have to them. dodge them. So you really sort of have to know when... It's a lot like the arcade. You almost have to memorize when they're coming up. Because I think they're on a set pattern. They are. I didn't get this far. This is the end of the line for old yeah, me. Yeah, this is, this is the room I, I, I failed at. And I, while the game is entertaining, I didn't enjoy it enough to keep grinding at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this room has... Uh, I watched a playthrough. It looks like it has about uh, 15 inputs. And again, this is more like the arcade where you hit the imp time the inputs at the right time. Right. Um, so then you are hit with another disc, um, another falling disc room, yeah. which is just... In the arcade, you have a couple of those. You yeah. might have three or four of them, to be honest with you. Then you've got the old electric knight yes. in, the ch in the chess room. Um, now, this is a whole different kettle of fish. I didn't get this far. I had to watch someone do this level. It didn't look as hard as the uh, arcade one. Of course, the arcade when you memorize the pattern, you're in good shape. This one, the knight, when he strikes the ground, lightning sort of streaks in a straight line out from him, either or either left or right or up or down. And yeah. you've got to basically go to a square that's not lit up that you can avoid that and get close enough to start whacking him. And when yeah. you hit him enough times, he'll die, and then you can skip out of the room because at that point. The room starts going away. Basically, it's, yeah, you have to run. I like the fact that they added that, to, just like the fire. They added an element of danger after, even after to you push you yeah. to push you forward. Yeah, and I thought this room looked good as well. I thought yeah. there was no problem with this one. Yep, I agree. Now, uh, lastly, uh, slay the dragon, singe. Now, uh, this is a pretty uh, impressive graphic here. I, I, I thought, yeah, like, singe looks the awesome. Looks they did great. a good job. They did. Now, Daphne. They did not render her with all her beauty that she yeah. has. She's she's much lamer looking. And Dirk's the same way. They're yeah. almost uh, they're enhanced stick figures. But 
uh, Singe looks great. Yeah. And this one, you have to basically avoid Singe's fire. And there's some, there, as you go up, there's a sword at the top of the screen you've got to go fetch. And there's uh, between, it's up sort of like a twisty path up a, up a hill. Yeah. And between you and the sword, there's some like, uh, I guess some shrubs Rambles. or something. Yeah. And Singe is shooting fire at you. And you have to basically stand in front of these, uh, in front of these brambles and he'll light them up. If you move, and then once they burn away, you can go up and get the sword. Then you can go up, jump on him, stab him with the sword, and then, which I like, as he as his head flops over onto the onto the uh, dirt, his tail pops up. You can jump off that and get up to Daphne, yeah. which is cool. Now, there's really no ending to this. It just it just that's sort of it. stops. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. I, which that's that was that's a misstep. I, I thought I thought I'd like to see a little bit more there. And I will say, since it doesn't look like you've killed him, he just no, looks like he, he's hurt. He opens his eye at the yeah, end, even. Yeah, so yeah. So I like that's cool. You know that they he didn't kill him off because one sword of the gut that's not going to kill nobody. He's sin. He's a stud. Um, the funny thing about this game is that uh, much like a lot of Coleco games, good luck finding out who actually did the programming on it. I had no luck, you know. Obviously, I don't think uh, really you can look at the, the Don Bluth and those guys. I mean, obviously they were responsible for the. Uh, for the uh, arcade machine, but they really had no. Their art oh, was yeah, not they, real, no. with the exception of sins. Design, art, yeah, their, their design was mimicked. Their yeah. art wasn't really represented uh, too well, you know. And the thing was, it's it's sort of a, a, irrelevant, I guess. I suppose um, this, you know, I couldn't find any reviews on this except for just a person personal reviews uh, uh, of it. Uh, I did find it on eBay. Uh, you can get it for. I found two copies: one sixty dollar and one seventy dollar. A copy, and, and I think these were both uh, cards. I don't think the I think that maybe one was a cassette. Now think about it. Uh, but this is one of those games that is. Uh, you've got the beautiful dragons that are on the box. Yeah. You know, on the on the case. That's pretty much the extent of it. But uh, I, I was actually. Here, I'm just going to tell you the way I would have thought about this when it when it came out with, in '84. This would have blown me away. This is a uh, probably one of the most elaborate. If this came on a click of it, it would really blow you away. It's an elaborate cartridge. I mean, it doesn't sound like much today, but I mean, this was a time where you didn't see this kind of gameplay. I mean, it was really, and what you basically got is like seven, seven or eight mini games that, that you know, mini screens. It, it reminded, I don't agree with that. Well, I mean, they're all different. You can't deny that. Uh, I mean, I think this was a, a pretty good package. Um, it definitely took from the Dragon's Lair source material and said, how good can we make this? And they made it pretty good. Yeah. It it's short. I think it needs at least three more scenes to be considered a full game. I don't think they could have stuck <clears> anything <throat> else on there. Uh, well, I mean, <clears throat> size, the size constraint that's very possible, <clears throat> but uh, it's unfortunate that they uh, weren't able to do a little bit more. I, I was impressed. I, oh, I, I was I was super. Impressed. I was way more impressed than you because I, this really blew my mind. And like I said, I knew the existence of this game, but when I got to sit down and fiddle with it, they did a, a remarkable job of capturing the feel of Dragon's Lair to me. I thought they did a good, and I think it was a good. If I'd bought this, having played Dragon's Lair, I would feel like that I was getting a a, a, a fun representation uh, the, of the game that. At that time, there was no possibility of porting to the yeah, whole Yeah, I think as long as they didn't try to sell it as a, a, a home port. I mean, this was Dragon's Lair for the Atom. It wasn't a home port of Dragon's Lair. Would you at least agree with that? It was... They tried to do the best they could. I, and I think they did decent with the source material. Just, I, yeah. think, I, I, I think it was a, a very... I think it was admirable. I think it was a noble try. And I think, yeah. it's, I, think it's, I think it's a fun game. 
It's it's okay. It's not. I mean, listen. It's the most fun game you're gonna put in a Coleco. No, or even on the Atom. But I think it's a fun game. And if you're in the mood to play Dragon's Lair, I think it's. I think it's fun. It's kind of neat that they elaborate on some of the levels and made yep. them a little flushed them out a little bit. I think yep, that's. I, agree. I, I like that too. I agree. So I dug it. I think Brent sort of dug it too. So I did. I, I thought it was okay. Moving on. Now, Brent, I gotta tell you, uh, the item you picked this week, I'd never heard of. Like, I hadn't either. So, what's the scoop? I went with Alcazar, the Forgotten Fortress. Ooh, forgotten. Uh, yes, it was forgotten. Uh, this was a game that actually came out on the Coleco and the Coleco Atom, and a few games did this. Yeah, quite a few. And, and uh, uh, they had enhanced features. Some of them had better graphics. Some of them had better sound. This being an adventure game, if you played on the Coleco, you turn off your Coleco, that's it. You have to start over every single time. On the Atom, the feature they added was the ability to save your game. Mm. Because depending on what difficulty you play this on, you could play this game for a decent amount of time. Yeah. So what is Alcazar? Uh, this is a game very similar to... Uh, the Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Entertainment System, where it is a grid-based map game where you go from room to room and the whole screen changes to your new position and you you take on that room. Um, as you go through it, you pick up items, uh, there are monsters, there are uh, hazards in the rooms themselves, so it has a, a very Zelda-y feel. This actually released at... It would have been in development the, the same time. So they didn't look at The Legend of Zelda and said, we're going to copy that. It's funny because I didn't get the Zelda feel at all. You're crazy. I didn't, I didn't think it was... I didn't remind me of Zelda at all. It is exactly like a Zelda dungeon. Now, I, 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 I thought it was... I, I don't like Zelda that much, and I like this a lot. Well, <laughs> well you trust me, you're the only one that doesn't think it's anything like Zelda. Because it is a car, it's not a carbon copy because they were developed at the same time, but the games have similar feels. So let's take a step back and look at the Alcazar story. Uh, you are attempting to get to Alcazar's castle to claim the throne because apparently the throne has been abandoned. Uh, and to do this, it takes you, you start on an overworld map. That has twenty or so castles on yeah, it, tons and, uh, and bridges and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You see pathways going between all the castles, so you have to go to a castle, fight your way through it, which will put you at an exit point to go to the next castle. It's a very, very good way to do levels. Um, and you, this game has four difficulty levels, and depending on the difficulty <laughs> levels, is. Uh, how much damage you can take, how many lives you start with. But most importantly, it dictates what items are actually in the game. So if you play this on, on uh, difficulty one or two, you can't actually see all the game. Really? All the game is not in really? there. Really? Yes. I played on one every time. Yes. Yeah. If you play on one or two, there are items missing. Uh, that, that makes it so you cannot cross the lake. You cannot cross the, the ravines. Uh, you there are are dungeon items. There are dungeon <laughs> items that. that you can't get other unless you play on the higher difficulty levels. And we'll go over some of those That's later. That's crazy. No, I didn't know that. So if you are going to play this, just start on difficulty three because at least then you can see all the game. And difficulty four is just 
harder difficulty three. So uh, there's no need to go to it, and, and just unless you just want to challenge. So in this game, your controls are uh, up, down, left, right, and you fight in real time versus the baddies that are there. And to fight, you have to pick up items uh, like guns or water or oil, and you use those to defeat the enemies that are on the screen. Is there a backstory to this? In terms no. of, I don't understand the fact that you're picking up guns. That was a lie. It, it, I'll get over my complaints here in a, okay. in a bit, but I'm going to, uh, uh, we're going to all stay positive right now. So you have to go to Alcazar's castle, going through all these little castles to reclaim the throne, to take back the crown. And this game has some of the best, at the time, monster interactions of any game out there. And let me explain what I mean by that. When you go, your main weapon is a gun. And your gun holds like six or eight shots. Mm -hmm. I can't remember offhand. Um, I think it's eight. Yeah. Um, and you can shoot any enemy in the game. And enemies are uh, things like genies, uh, tigers, griffins. There are human guards, tarantulas, and uh, giant flies. The giant flies are my favorite. And there's also like a, a, a slime. Yeah. What is a that slime creature? Yeah. And all the enemies take a different amount of bullets to, to defeat. And supplies are limited, especially when you play on the harder difficulty levels. You might only get three or four guns of clips of guns in the entire thing. So you can't just shoot everything. You, there's too many enemies. Uh, I shot everything. <laughs> on level one, you can. I did. Uh, but. What's really cool about this game is the other items you pick up, the enemies are weak to. For example, if you have uh, uh, the bleach, which is a poison you can pick up, yeah. you can either shoot the little slimes five times to, to, to destroy them, or you can hit them with one bleach and they're dead. So it makes it easier to take out the enemies. Like the genies, if you throw water on them, or use a magical ring, you'll kill them in one shot. Otherwise, they're tough, because they're really fast, and it takes six bullets. It's got almost a whole gun's worth of bullets. Mm -hmm. The way that that plays off each other is so unique uh, to, for an enemy to have weaknesses versus items that you can pick up in the game. It really adds to the fun. Now, if you don't play on the higher difficulties, you don't really get to see that. But uh, having limited inventory space, because you can only hold four items, and having uh, enemies with certain weaknesses makes the game exciting. It is the way to play. Uh, other things you can get in the game are rafts, which will allow you to cross the large lake in the middle, and you can cut off a ton of map if you do it that way. I never even saw one of those. Uh, you can get... That's uh, because you played on the lower yeah, quality levels. Uh, you can get the uh, rope which allows you to go through the chasm. It also allows you to take down some of the enemies easier. Everything kind of intertwines in this race to get to the castle. Now, here's what makes the game incredible. I mean, the, mm. right now, this is a good game. Everything I'm describing, it's a good, fun game because the way they do it is really solid. What makes this game incredible is it's different every single time. It is all procedural. So when you turn on the game, you're going to get a map layout, or the inside of the castle layouts are always different. Different items, different enemies, 
the colors of the castles on the main map dictate what kind of castle it is. Those are always different. Uh, every map has two floors, so the staircase in the uh, uh, each castle is different. Incredible, incredible that they went into so much detail and so much depth to get this game to where it is. And it feels like an adventure. I played this game over and over and over, and I beat it several times on multiple difficulty levels. Really? Oh, yes. Had a great time. The controls are a little bit weird because you uh, you have to the hold... The shooting controls the, are weird. Correct, the yeah. attacks. You have to hold the button and then hit in one of the cardinal directions to uh, use your projectile or to use your item to hit the bad guy. So... That's a little awkward. I'd rather just be able to do it kind of on the run, but I guess that's a uh, limitation of the joystick more right. than anything else. Uh, some other things about this game that I thought were really unique were uh, they had pits, and the pits were really annoying at first because you just go through a door and you fall down a pit and you die. Well, if you pay attention... There are actually clues to what doors lead to pits. The torches won't be lit on doors that lead to pits. Huh. Another thing. That's pretty good. I didn't notice that. There are audio cues for what monsters are in the next room. That I didn't know. Buzzing of flies, growling of some of the monsters. And you can actually shoot them from the other room through the doorway to the screen you haven't even been in. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that either. There are magic carpets that sometimes when you step on a magic carpet, it will zoom you to another castle or another mm -hmm. place in the castle. Uh, you can even lure the enemies into these onto the carpets or into pits, and they'll go away. <laughs> so you can get through since there are so many limited supplies <clears throat> on the later on the harder difficulties. You have to kind of do this to stop things from chasing you. Because they will chase you from room to room, which yeah. is also something that is just amazing. They'll also wander in. If I guess they yes. hear you, they'll yes. come in. Like the flies, they told me he would come in all the time when he said, well, I was nearby. He would come in. And there's a another mm. awesome uh, dynamic is the fly is the loudest enemy in the game. So if the fly is in, next to you in a room, and on the other side of the room is uh, uh, a tiger, which will normally snarl. Or it's not the tiger, it's a griffin, I think, that will snarl, and you can hear that. The fly's louder, so you won't know there's a griffin in the other room. Yeah. That kind of dynamic, <clears throat> that kind of build on itself, is just amazing for a game of this era. It's amazing, period. Yeah. Because this does gameplay in a way that even games today don't do it. And it is... it. it it is what makes this game so memorable and so fun. Activision is the first people who put this together, and uh, 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 good on them for doing it. Now, here's the kicker. Who do you think published this game? All right. Telegames, the same publishers as Crazy 8's Miniature Golf. Oh, Lord. So, they... I. Good on them for that, because this is a game that would have died on the vine otherwise... Because Telegames picked up a ton of these games uh, for these dying systems and pushed them out when no one else would. This was released in 80... It, it says 85, but it was actually released in 86. 
well past the lifespan of the Pleco and well, well past the lifespan of the uh, of the Atom. I've got to say that this game came out of nowhere. I never yes. heard of it, and it's great. You didn't touch on some stuff that I really like, and I'm going to touch on. Okay, it. go for it. Auto mapping. Yeah. Okay. This th this little feature goes a long way, and I'm it putting does. multiple floor, multiple level auto mapping. Yep. Yes, that's what I want. I don't have to go wander around like an idiot. That's and in yep. this place, a lot of the rooms look the same. That and so you need that. It helps out a tremendous amount. Let's talk inventory. This game has an inventory system. Yep. Again, a remarkable achievement. Yes. And it works. It's simple and it works. Uh, the gun is is goofy. I mean, I, I wish it, it would have been a bow. But I mean, the thing is, it works. Yeah. It works fine. It's a weapon. You, it, it, there's enough arcadey action in it to make you feel. It's almost. Yep. It, to me, it didn't remind me of, of it, what it reminded me of more was like a, a venture or something where you go room to room and you and you fight bad guys. But this takes that concept all way oh, past level. that. Uh, the, the the stuff you pick up's awesome. The pits you will fall in the bottomless pit. You just when you're going you're going through so well quick. that if you watch the torches, I didn't though, even know about them. that, but that's cool. Yeah, uh, your guy will go through it if he if he doesn't need a gun, if he has a space, he'll just get the bullets, which I like. Yep. There's a lot of it. I mean, they really thought of a lot of stuff when they put yep. this together. The sound in this is outstanding. Did you save anyone from the? I did. Yeah, you you get keys from guards and unlock doors, and you when you save a person, you get an extra life. Yeah. That, that, which so is, much goodness which is, in this There's a ton of stuff in here. This is the kind of game I'll, I, you know, this, if you're going to play this type of game, this is what I like. Yeah. Like real-time arcade-style combat combined with a uh, dungeon crawl mapping system that yeah. I could get behind. The Overland map, tell you get a good hard look at what you've got in front of you, and there's a lot of stuff there to deal with. It's cool. Yep. You know what you're doing instantly. Like, this is way better than, like, the Dungeons & Dragons games on television. This is, like, yep. a step ahead of most games on, from this era. How this game how this game was around for so long that I never heard of it, I can't believe. The sound, Like I said, the sound effects of the monsters and stuff, outstanding. Yeah. The graphics look good. I mean, it does have, it does look Zelda-y. You know, but, it, but it, I mean, it looks good. The doors are ornate. They've got weird, you know, they, they're, they, the walls. The bones and Sometimes stuff. you go to the dungeon, you go to are different colors. Yeah, and the different color dungeons have different enemies types in them, different loot in them. Uh, some guns will have more or less guns, or like uh, one color of the castle is the only color that will have the rope. So when you're playing on the higher difficulty levels and the rope's a big shortcut or something, you go to that, you find the rope and then take it to your shortcut. I There's can't just, wait to try that. I, it's so awesome. Yeah, um, the uh, and it's fair. That's yes. something else. It's, it feels like a fair game that lets you live and die on your own. Uh, the fact that you can you can have a train after you, just like you know, oh yeah, you. Yep. Uh, you'll have four or five monsters tailing you, and, and, and you better and you got to find and you can and something else I like this. Like at any point you can just leave. Yeah. You just leave them. They can leave the dungeon. Yeah. They won't follow you from castle to castle, but from room to room, yeah, they will on you. on you. And stuff like genies are fast. Yeah, the tigers, the griffins are fast. One technique you have to develop in this is the you have to aim. You have to make sure you point to where you're going to shoot and hit the button to shoot. So what you have to do is if there's some, if you come upon something, let's say you come in like a slime, doesn't make any sound, you. Shoot it real quick and then you back off. And yeah. then you shoot it real quick and you back off. And you might go into the next room. And he'll follow you. You shoot him again and back off. And that gives you just enough space to kill these things yeah. when they're slow. The slime's not that quick. 
when you get a faster enemy, you might run five. I'd run through the whole dungeon trying yeah. to kill these things. Yeah. Or come or just hope, leave. Yeah. Or hope that you come across some bullets because yeah. your gun's empty. You're hoping you can come up with something. You know, there like I said, there's locked gates in there with the keys. It's a total package. It is. I give this one a ringing endorsement. Yes. This is a must play. Yeah, must play right yeah, there. And you can play this on the Coleco emulator or the Coleco Atom. Like I said, now in, it's a save doesn't matter. In, in modern stage, time, yeah. uh, there is no difference. But the uh, uh, back in the day, the Coleco version or the Atom version came on a five and a quarter floppy, so you could actually save your progress and come back to it later. Yeah, you'd want to uh, saving a game would help. Well, the game is not huge. If especially if you play on the beginning levels, you can get through the entire game in about fifteen minutes. On the harder levels, where you have to be a, a lot more meticulous about what items you take, what castles you go to, what shortcuts you take, it, it would stretch out to to a longer game, forty, you know, you know in the 40, 45 minute range. It's amazing to me that this that this game is something that's not heralded. It should be. Did you find I, did you find reviews on this thing? There was one review and and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that this came out in 86. Yeah, that's well after the prime of the so, Adam, yeah. And the and the the people who uh reviewed it was Ahoy. And they said well, that I haven't heard about them for a while. Uh they said it was had a, a beautiful theme song, which I guess I didn't think it was that great. Uh but and they said that the uh the the Action was exciting and it was mentally stimulating to use the special weapons on the different enemies. Yeah. But they said that the graphics were lacking. And in in eighty six, in eighty six, I would agree. But I mean this is the graphics in this are very passable. Oh for for, for the eighty six. For the Coleco, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I don't uh, the graphics didn't I didn't have any problem. The monsters look good. I thought the right. monsters look great. No, well I, I think that everything We should mention that you, the skeletons you're fine on the floor, yeah. you know, when you I think that's nice too. Yeah. Nice little flourishes that are in there. Uh but I will have to agree, for eighty six, I mean there was a lot of good stuff. Well, I, I mean, know that's 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 way deep into the system. Well, I, I still think this is a big win. Huge win. A big win. Got to go. One. You got to go play this. You got lucky on this one, dude. This man, this is great. I so, enjoyed it so tremendously. Your, your overall thoughts on the atom after a week of fooling with it? Um, did you actually get into the messing around? Oh with no, it? I just no. I, I didn't. I, I didn't get into programming on the basic or anything. Um. As a platform itself, I, it, I don't think it was uh, anything that I'm going to go back to. I don't remember it from my childhood because I never had one, of course. Yeah, that was way um, of price range. But, you know, I can see its place. The sad, the sad thing is the Atom is not included in a lot of emulation packages. Yeah, uh, which is unfortunate. Like I had to it go is. and hunt this stuff down. Yes, uh, because the uh, all the my highly touted emulation packages did not include Adam as an emulated item. And I think they'll run off the same emulator. So it's a matter of just getting it wrong. But uh, Dragon Slayer is a unique novelty. I'd go out of your way to have a look at. Alcazar would go out of your way to play. And yes. the good thing about this one is you can play this on the ColecoVision version, exactly the same except for the save. Yeah. So, all right. The Atom in our rearview mirror. Now it's time to tinker with you know what? The, the wheel. wheel. Okay. It's time for me to. No. The wheel. No. What? You can tell the people what we added to the wheel. We added, uh, what did we add? Oh, we added button mashers this week. Prince favorite. A game that will be, uh, some kind of button masher.
adventure type game. Something where you're really going at the buttons. Alright, I am now a wheel, by the way. Yeah. Alright, don't knock over the world. Alright, here we go. We had no game reviews this week, by the way. I should probably mention that. Oh, oh my, my god. goodness. Did it happen? Has it the miracle did. happened? That is the Sega Saturn, oh, ladies and gentlemen. This this piece predates Brent it on does. the wheel. It's been there it since. It does. It's literally in our logo. It's been there that long. Yeah. We took those initial pictures. Well, that's interesting. You know, we, uh, uh, the Saturn, of course, was cracked wide open a couple years ago. Yeah. And, and, and I it cracked, held on, man. I cracked the heck out of mine. <laughs> and I happen to have a, a pretty decent library of Saturn games. I've bought a bunch of Saturn games as well. So. And we've actually talked quite a bit about the Saturn here yes. recently, so that should be a, that should be a good time. Should be a fun show. Do you have any thoughts on what you might try? Uh, well, I mean, X Men versus Street Fighter would have been the game I would have chose, but since I did that for a previous episode yeah. on our fighting game episode, uh, I'm going to dig deep and try to find something uh, uh, special. Very good. Something special. Very good. So, uh, do you want to uh, say hi to all the people in the chat room today? Join us uh, live. It was a, a, a slow day in chat land. We had uh, Sox McCoy, Duncan Styles came by, uh, Picard, and Outmode. All right, all right. Hey, uh, just a couple shout-outs real quick. Uh, join us. We're going to be, if you're watching this live, we'll be recording uh, Double Amigo and uh, ZX Spectrum action later on today. So if you're watching this live, come on down and join us. Otherwise, catch those when they uh, get released on YouTube. Uh, since it's along the same genre that me and Brent often cover, me and Luke, my son, did a uh, a, a full playthrough uh, this week of Golden Axe Revenge of Death Adder, which we covered on this show. Yep, and that's all, that's up on the channel right now. It's up right now. So if you want to watch me and my nine-year-old son go through it, and he, he, he jumps around like a, like a maniac, as you can imagine, but we had a good time. Uh, we have uh, recently rigged up the arcade machine here in the old uh, ARG studio to to be fully ready to go with recording video games and videos. So we'll be probably releasing a lot of stuff that we play on the arcade machine. It'll be a lot of fun, won't it? And I've also, uh, the Amigo Studio Subterranean is almost online, which will be in my basement uh, for me to do a few reviews of my own. Lord knows what will happen down there. That's nah, crazy I don't times. So, anyway, thanks for joining us this week. Again, next week... The highly anticipated Sega Saturn. It finally, finally happened. Hell froze over. <laughs> so, thanks for joining us. And until next week, Avazar!